Welcome to Author in Your Classroom from Plazoom. My name is Helen Mully, and the author joining you in your classroom or wherever you're listening for this episode is the wonderful author and illustrator Liz Pichon. Welcome to the podcast, Liz. Hello. <laughs> well, I was keen then. Hello, hello. Keen is good. We like keen. Oh, good. <laughs> Liz, I'm sure that everyone listening knows who you are. But just in case anyone has been living in a book-free bunker for the past 10 years, you are, of course, best known as the creator of the hugely successful, multi-award winning Tom Gates series. I think there are now 20 Tom Gates books in print. There are. I'm just currently um, finishing off book 18. But having said that, technically, we've done um, an annual and we had another book out during the summer, which is like a dated version of the annual, which had lots of extra pages to draw and doodle. And I did a World Book Day. So technically, you're right. Exactly. they, They definitely count. And yet, somehow, you still find time to do other things. So today I'd like us to talk a bit about your your latest book, Shoe Wars. But before we do, perhaps you could give our listeners a really potted history of, of how you ended up doing the job that you now do. You've got 40 seconds. Oh my goodness. Um, well, boys and girls and anyone else listening, I started writing really, really late. So don't leave it as late as me. I was going to say I was dyslexic, but I still am. So when I was at school, I never thought that I would ever, ever end up being a writer or doing a job which involves writing stories, drawing pictures and making books. So I left it a really long time and I worked as an illustrator because I love drawing. Um, And then I started to get asked to illustrate other people's stories. I used to do lots of greeting cards and products and T-shirts and designs and all kinds of things. But when I got asked to illustrate other people's stories, that really made me think, oh, maybe if I write my own stories, then I can illustrate them. Um, And so it took a while, but I started off doing picture books. And then one of my picture books won uh, what was then the Smarties Prize. And other people that have won the Smarties Prize are... J.K. Rowling, Oliver Jeffers, <laughs> lots of and Michael Rosen's on them. <laughs> it's a quite good company then. Yeah, absolutely. And that really gave me a boost. And I thought, well, maybe I can have a go at writing more stories. So Tom Gates actually started off as a picture book idea and then gradually morphed over about a year, probably, into a book for older children. And did it take you by surprise just how popular it became? Yeah, completely. I mean, I think when you write a story... For me personally, I'm kind of writing it for myself in the beginning. Yeah. I really think about the kind of books that I used to like when I was a kid. And I loved funny books. I loved books with pictures. I loved reading comics. And for me, including all the different types of text and fonts and pictures, it was really another way to help to tell the story. So I wanted to make a book that was funny, that had lots of all creative things in it, was about a character that included, you know, family, friends. And I always say to children when I do school visits and things that everybody has funny stories and all I've done is remember some of them (laughs) and write them down. And that really is half the battle sometimes of actually remembering (laughs) and I'm collecting ideas all the time. So that's really how Tom Gates came about. I imagined that he was writing a story about a terrible summer holiday that he had uh, where he'd been camping and he was writing it like children quite often get asked to do, you know, write about what you've done during your holidays. So he'd been camping and he had a terrible time and he called it Camping Sucks. And so I just wrote about all the things that happened, like it rained and, you know, grumpy sister Delia was really unhappy and all those kind of things. And and I just 
I did extra doodles in and drawings to, to try and help the story. So that's where that happened. And yes, you're absolutely right. It really did take me by surprise completely. And, and just just before we talk about Shoe Wars a bit, is there more Tom Gates in, in the pipeline? I, I think people listening will want to know this. Yeah, well, like you said at the beginning, I cannot believe this has happened, but it's going to be 10 years since the very first Tom Gates book came out. And as you said, it was a big surprise and it won the Roald Dahl Funny Prize then, which I really can't believe was 10 years ago. So I'm going to be doing a, a book called Ten Tremendous Tales, and that's going to be for the 10th anniversary. Oh, well, that's very exciting news, and I'm sure that will make everyone who's listening very happy. But they will also be happy about your latest book, Shoe Wars. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are some similarities with, with Tom Gates that they're, they're going to be because it, it's written by you. So there's the way that you keep talking directly to the reader. There's footnotes. There's little sneaky, sarcastic comments. Little extra bits. <laughs> exactly. And it's crammed with artwork and playing with how the text looks on the page. But it's very different as well um, in that it's, it's set in this world where things are not exactly as they are in the world that we can see around us. And I suppose the obvious first question is, where on earth? earth did you get the idea for this world of shoes you know there was a couple of things that um, cropped up I mean I really wanted to try and write another story while nobody was asking me to do something and I think as a freelancer as a writer you're always constantly thinking you know people might get fed up of reading the Tom Gates and then that'll be it you never know what's going to come up and so I wanted to try and write a story when nobody was asking me to do something else like you know what's after Tom Gates and so I had about, I've got about three or four ideas that I had on the go. And um, one of them came from, it was a real life story, actually. It's a story of two brothers quite a long time ago called the Dazzler Brothers, or the Dazzler. I'd have to check out exactly their pronunciation. I hope it's Dazzler. It, it might, yeah. <laughs> and it was in Germany and they were brothers and they ran a shoe company together. And then they had a really massive falling out. It's quite a dark story, actually. So we won't go into a huge amount of detail there, but... They had a big falling out and then one of the brothers went off and set up a shoe company called Puma and the other one set up Adidas. No. Yes. I did not know this. (laughs) The town that they lived in, actually lots of people, most of the people used to work for the shoe company. And then when they split up into two, families were literally divided because one one of them went to work for one brother and the other one went to work for the other brother. Wow. And then while they were sort of having warring against each other, setting up these rival shoe companies, along came sort of Nike in America and snuck in there so it's like a whole sort of shoe wars so I'd written about I'd seen that and I thought that was a really fascinating story and then also I was influenced by there's a a James Bond baddie that I remember where the lady suddenly produces from her shoe a little dagger and starts trying to sort of you know stab James Bond with this little dagger and I remember when my kids had um, the Heelys you know the little shoes yes 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 and I loved all the gadgets in films like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang yep so it was a real combination. I thought, well, imagine if you had shoes that had gadgets in them and that were really useful and you could really go to town with, you know, shoes with little secret compartments, shoes that could, you know, have crayons and drawings. And sandwiches. Sandwiches, like anything. And it really sort of got my imagination going. And also a little bit with Tom Gates, you know, when I um, go and do visits and I always like to do drawings on shoes and on my nails and I make earrings and I draw my clothes sometimes. Obviously, children, if you are listening to this, 
get permission first. Don't get, go, don't get me into trouble. <laughs> but I used to go and do, you know, kids are quite often sitting on the floor in assembly and I have this pair of wedges and I just got a Sharpie pen and I drew some doodles all over the shoes. And everyone loved them and the teachers and the parents and when I get to do book signings. So I just thought it was something that would be really fun to explore. And then I Googled unusual shoes and the amount of different shoes that come up is just absolutely breathtaking so that really got my mind thinking and it's like a collection process when you're thinking about a story you just keep on collecting images and doing drawings and slowly you begin to piece a story together so yeah I mean I think it's quite daunting sometimes and people don't when they're trying to think about how to start a story and the way that I do it so I don't worry about the story at all. I just collect things and stick things in books and collect pictures and then do drawings and keep little notebooks and just build up a big bank of ideas until I think I've got enough there to you know, start putting things together. Yeah, that seems like a really good idea. Including a book title. Yeah. So sometimes and then I started to think about a book title and I started to think, oh, shoe wars would be quite good. <laughs> and then you start thinking about all the different types of shoes. So I looked at all the different types of shoes you could get. And then I started thinking about names of people. So the actual story about shoe wars is based on the foot family. And there's Iverfoot, Rubyfoot and Barefoot. (laughs) (laughs) And they have neighbours who are called Betty Boot and Chelsea Boot. Their mum was called Sally Sandal. Such fun. So there you can see, once you start once you start thinking about these things, and I thought, well, we could have Peter Peeptoe and Kelly Kitten. And then there's Mr. Creeper, who's also a part of the villain of the pieces. He's her assistant. Yes. I, I, just, I didn't know there were so many shoes. I think it would be great, Liz, if you wouldn't mind, if you could just perhaps read us a little bit from, from the book so that um, our listeners can get a, a taste of this, this crazy world of, of shoes and shoe characters. So... I'm going to pause the recording for a moment while you find your place and then we'll be right back. Welcome back to Author in Your Classroom with our very special guest for this episode, Liz Pichon. So Liz, you're going to read to us a short extract from Shoe Wars featuring your absolutely hideous supervillain, Wendy Wedge. (laughs) Before you start, can you just explain a little bit about where we are in the story and what's happening so that everyone can get in the right place in their heads? Right, absolutely. So the the book is called Shoe Wars and it's set in Shoe Town. And every four years, all the shoemaking towns and cities from across the land, they all compete for the Golden Shoe Award, which is like an amazing prize that everybody wants to win and this year there's a rumor going around in shoe town that somebody has made a pair of flying shoes and no one has ever 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 been able to make flying shoes and the person who made the flying shoes doesn't want anyone else to know about them particularly one person in particular and that is the vile villain and her name is wendy wedge and she runs the wedge corporation the Wedge Corporation, she particularly likes big clumpy wedges and she is desperate to win the Golden Shoe Award. And she knows if she gets her hands and hideous feet on the flying shoes that she could win it. And this must never happen. So she has heard the rumour and now she's going to visit Iverfoot, who works for her. She's going to find out. She wants to find out what he knows about the pair of flying shoes. 
So she's brought her horrible dogs. But the dogs are called left and right, just in case you get confused. <laughs> so, okay, so Ivor can hear some big, clumpy wedge footsteps getting closer and closer before it's too late. So that's where we join them. I'm here, he called, rushing to the door. I'm on my way. Here I come. I'm just as a massive metal wedge shoe kicked open the door. Honk! The unmistakable silhouette of Wendy Wedge stood in the doorway. Her huge shoulder pads and thick belt pulled in tight at the waist. Wendy cast a triangle shadow all the way into the house. She paused for effect and also all that knocking had made her out of breath. Her dogs, left and right, prowled and growled around her uncomfortable looking metal wedges. Wendy stomped in, making everything around her shake even more. Oh, Wendy, what a lovely surprise. I had no idea you were coming, Ivor said, wiping his forehead. What took you so long? I had to let myself in, she said, peering around suspiciously. I noticed. Sorry for the delay. I was... What were you doing? Wendy demanded to know. Um, I was washing. Wendy interrupted him again. Washing? Ivor's mind went blank. So he said the first thing that popped into his head. Um, yes, a beetroot. A beetroot, she repeated. I like very clean vegetables, he found himself saying. Wendy just stared at him, unblinking, like a snake about to attack. What can I do for you, Miss Wedge? Is everything okay? Ivor said, trying to sound relaxed. No, Ivor. Everything is not okay, Wendy replied. She thumped past him into the kitchen. Clomp, 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 clomp. Wendy walked up and down until one of her dogs got in her way and she stumbled. Oh, you two wait over there and keep watch. Wendy ordered left and right sternly. Ivor walked past them and they growled. Nice doggies, he whispered. Ivor could usually tell what mood Wendy was in from the shoes she was wearing. Today, she was very cross, cranky and angry, but not necessarily in that order. <laughs> oh, my word. Wendy Wedge, she really is a piece of work, isn't she? Well, the good thing about villains I think that they're they're really good fun and you can have more fun writing for a villain I think because you can really ramp up you know you remember all the sort of like really good villains in the past like the sort of Cruella de Vils and everything and I think Wendy Wedge has definitely got a touch of the Cruella de Vils about her. She has I was going to ask you if it's more fun writing a completely evil character than a good one I, I suspect it must be. I think so. And Wendy's also got a pretty vile son as well called Walter Wedge <laughs> and poor old Walter he's probably almost as unpleasant as Wendy. So the pair of them are nicknamed around the town as the Gruesome Twosome. And where did you start when you were coming up with her character? What, what you know, I'm, I'm assuming it's not based on anyone that you've ever come across in real life. Of course not. <laughs> There's usually a little bit of everything. And I think actually with this, with Wendy, I started off doing the drawings. Yeah. And I imagined that, you know, she's, you have to think to yourself, now, why is she like that? Why does she, she wears these particular um, big wigs and very big shoulder pads and she's trying to make herself look very important and not be laughed at, which of course everybody does. And she draws on her own eyebrows as well. So she has these 
It's really fascinated with people's eyebrows these days. They're quite often very pronounced. So she has a little eyebrow chart in the morning where she draws on, depending on how she feels. <laughs> so you can add in all those little extras. So her shoes are really, she has a pair of creature shoes. And if you see a copy of the book, they're the creature shoes that feature on the um, on the front cover. And they have sharp teeth and sensors and eyes that roll around as well. So I just really wanted to, you know, ratchet up the level of gruesomeness with Wendy Wedge. <laughs> I don't think you managed it. And I have to say, you're quite... Often authors will give their their villains a redeeming quality or two, but I'm I'm not sure Wendy's got any at all, has she? There's not many, is there? No. <laughs> no. No, I probably in fact my editor was saying, like, oh, maybe she shouldn't be quite so mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I think I think she's absolutely perfect. And I love um her horrible, horrible dogs. Um I, I think it's always good when a villain has sidekicks. Or henchmen, don't you? Yes, and, and, and Mr. Creeper, he, he's definitely like Mr. Creeper is Wendy's long suffering assistant. So she treats him as badly as she treats everybody else, probably worse actually. And she's not very interested in his anything that's going on. And like if he's hurt himself or he's had an accident, she's just not interested at all. She doesn't do empathy or sympathy. She doesn't. But I do think Mr. Creeper and Walter actually, they have a glimmer of a chance of a slightly better existence if she was out of the picture which I think is quite exciting exactly yes yes there is a little bit of it's not all doom and gloom <laughs> <laughs> and I think the good thing about Wendy is and you've already hinted at this although she is an evil supervillain, for us the readers she's not scary you know, we we can laugh at her. She she makes herself ridiculous. Exactly. Yes. She's very pompous. And and that gives us a lot a lot of power. Um and do you think that's because it's a funny story? I hope so. I think yeah, all the best vill villains have to have uh, a little bit of pompousness about them and and you actually you need to find what I, I don't want to give away too much, but there's one particular pair of a bit of footwear that she owns that she's not supposed to have. She's banned them. <laughs> yeah. Because she thinks they're there for, you know, softies and she's not interested. She thinks that uncomfortable shoes are just ridiculous. She likes these great big clumpy wedges that have, you know, vicious spikes on. And so she's banned this particular um, footwear. And of course, we find later on that she might actually own a pair herself. So that's a spoiler alert there. It is. And that's, that's her, 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 her terrible, terrible secret. I'm not going to give away any spoilers either. But I am going to ask you if you think that characters who behave badly in stories should always get their comeuppance and learn their lesson. I think it's probably in most children's books, you usually find that that happens, don't you? Yeah. And I mean, I'm trying to think of, you know, one of the who incidentally wasn't actually in the real book, but one of my all-time hideous, terrible villains is uh, the child catcher. Yes. In Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And in, interestingly, that character isn't in the actual book um, because the screenplay of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was written by Roald Dow. Okay. He didn't write the original story. So there was Ian Fleming who wrote the James Bonds. He wrote the original Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And then when it got turned into a film, Roald Dow wrote the screenplay. And he added the child catcher to the screenplay. And now you know that, you suddenly go, oh, of course he did. He's such a terrible, terrible... I remember being absolutely terrified of the child catcher. Yes. 
But then you have, you know, at the end of the film, if you haven't seen it, when all the children come out and capture him and he gets his comeuppance, yeah. you're all cheerful. So there's definitely, I think all the best villains, all the best baddies, they all get their comeuppance. Yes, absolutely. Even if it is everybody just pointing at them and laughing at them because they've realised just how silly they are. Yes. So I don't think Wendy Wedge is quite as terrifying as the child catcher was, but... Um, I don't think any, I don't think any, I can't think of any Billy in those. <laughs> no, I don't think you can top that. I don't want to assume that every time that you write something, you're going to write another 17 in the series. But are you tempted to go back to Shoe Town after this one? It's, it's a nicely complete story, isn't it? I think so. I mean, when I was writing this, I did want to write something different to Tom Gates. Yeah. And I wanted to do more drawing and just to create a different world. And right at this moment, there could be other stories, but they haven't come racing to the surface. I did leave a little teaser right at the very end. And in fact, Wendy is a twin and Wilberforce Wedge is her twin brother. So he's on holiday and enjoying the news of his gruesome twin sister's downfall a little bit too much. Maybe his backstory will come bubbling up to the surface. It could be, it could be, yeah. I mean, there's probably other things that could be happening, but at the moment I'm, I'm busy working on other stories. And also, incidentally, just tell everyone who's listening, um, I've been busy writing scripts and things for Tom Gates TV as well, so we've got that to look forward to. Oh, well, that is very exciting. And we'll we'll talk about that in, in just a moment. Um. I would just like to remind all the parents and teachers listening, by the way, that um, we produce a special free resources pack to go with every episode of Author in Your Classroom. So children can take what they hear and use it to produce their own professional quality writing. Um, you can find the packs at plazoon.com. Details are in the episode notes. Liz, I know that everyone who's listening wants to know what's on the horizon for you and, and your characters and, and your drawings. So I'm going to pause again just for a moment and then I'll see if I can persuade you to give away any secrets about what's coming up. Oh, it won't be hard. Welcome back to Author in Your Classroom with this episode's super special guest, Liz Pichon. Liz, would you say that, generally speaking, you're the kind of person who likes to keep busy? I always have an idea. So yes, you know, for me, writing stories is really like a starting point for all different kinds of things. You know, I like to do lots of creative projects around writing the stories as well. And I see it as all part of the same thing. It helps you to think about the stories and the characters if you're doing other things as well. Okay, so what kind of other things have you got coming up? Well, just the fact that, you know, in Shoe Wars, I've made some of my own shoes. So I've decorated them, I've drawn on them, I've created them. We've made some, written some music as well. So my husband has written a shoe shuffle. That's fantastic. You know, I always think that just because you're doing one, something that's creative, a bit like with the Tom Gates books. Yeah. You know, I've written stories and then I do the make and do sections at the back of the book and the drawing, the doodling. For me, it's all part of creating the world. So it's a different way to tell a story. You know, it's like if you're writing doing a comic, yeah. you do the drawings and the best picture books always have more story in the illustrations than just in the text. So it's something I really like doing. I love that. I love the fact that everyone who's listening, you know, if, we're, if, if you're listening to this in your classroom and if you look around you you'll see there's someone there who's 
really clever with words and they can put a put a story together with words but there'll be somebody else who can just capture the moment in a drawing and maybe somebody else might write a song or do a sketch or, or take a picture and everyone can contribute to that storytelling process I think that's fantastic well it's like if you write a poem isn't it you know you can write a poem and then you do a drawing to go with the poem and then somebody might turn some of the poem into a song or you know there's lots of different ways to do creative things and to get your stories and ideas out of your head and onto a piece of paper. That's a good tip for, for children that are struggling with the blank piece of paper, which is always a really hard thing, is get yourself a little notebook and write things in there, stick pictures in. It's so easy to forget your ideas. And quite often one of your friends might say something funny to you <laughs> and you should write it down, write something that they've said down, write if you see somebody's got a funny name, if you see a funny picture, take a photograph, write it down, because those are the things that you can go back to and that might help you to tell a story later on. And I do that all the time because I've got a terrible memory. So that's a, that's a good way to start. And keep a diary as well. That's a really good way of getting into the habit of writing. That's really good advice, Liz. Thank you so much. And that's just about all we've got time for in this episode. It's gone past so quickly. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah, I know. Well, I hope I really hope that people are going to have fun reading shorts because it is. I've tried to make it funny as well. And if you enjoy reading the Tom Gates books, it's got just as many drawings and doodles and extra things. And it's even got its own shoelace. <laughs> Instead of a ribbon, um, my lovely publishers have gone to town and we've got a real shoelace in the book, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. And I, I hope too that perhaps children might be inspired to go off and design their own shoes as a, as a result of this as well. There's so much they can do. It just gets you fizzing creatively. It's fantastic. I hope so. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> brilliant. Liz, thank you so much. And thank you for joining me on the podcast today. It's been really good fun. Oh, I've had a fantastic time. Best foot forward and all that. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note on that shoe pun we love we love a pun on author in your classroom oh well you have a lot of those <laughs> Liz take care and to all of our listeners thank you so much for being here we'll be back with another episode of author in your classroom very soon take care of yourself and we'll see you then bye <laughs> Author in Your Classroom is brought to you by Plazoom, where we are passionate about making great literacy lessons easy with inspiring, ready-to-go resources created by teachers to cover the whole of the primary curriculum. So, whether you're a teacher desperate for SATS revision that pupils will actually enjoy, a parent just as baffled by fronted adverbials as your child, or anyone looking for fun ways to keep children reading and writing during the summer holidays, we've got hundreds of brilliant ideas to explore. Take a look for yourself at plazoom.com where you can sign up to our newsletter and be the first to find out about our special offers and the new resources that are added to the site every single week. Every episode of Author in Your Classroom is packed with writing advice and inspiration from some of the world's best-loved children's writers. Plus, there are free activities and worksheets based on each author's work to spark children's imagination on plazoom.com. Just check the episode notes for links and more. You can subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. We want to reach as many pupils in as many classrooms as possible. So please do give us a rating or a review, but above all, tell your colleagues about us and help spread the word. We know that a love of reading opens doors, not just to success at school and beyond, but to a lifetime of excitement, adventure and discovery. Let us help you make it happen. With Author in Your Classroom, 
and Plazoom.